Okay, people, tomorrow morning, 10 a.m., Santa's coming to town. Oh, my God! Would you please tell him that instead of presents this year, I just want my family back. Rudolph, with your nose so bright, won't you guide my sleigh tonight? It must be magic. I must find some way to keep Christmas from coming. Nobody's walking out on this fun, old-fashioned family Christmas. Isn't there anyone who knows what Christmas is all about? True, Charlie Brown. I can tell you what Christmas is all about. Seeing isn't believing. Believing is seeing. The best way to spread Christmas cheer is singing loud for all to hear. everybody we're back for another week of tis the podcast the podcast dedicated to keeping the christmas spirit alive 365 days a year i'm julia i'm anthony blooming caruso i'm tom how's it going y'all how's it going y'all <laughs> jinx <Buy me a coke. laughs> that will never be in unison weeks have been you know coming back i need to it's been like a week off from the Peloton for me. Coming back from vacation is hard, man, to get back into it. Yeah. And like getting back into work after sleeping in and stuff, like just exercise on top of that. So tomorrow, Friday, I'm really going to start it back up. I wasn't even on vacation and it's been a rough week for me to have any motivation to do anything whatsoever. <laughs> I don't know what it is. I don't know what it is, but I will say this morning, Tom. Did you step outside this morning at all and enjoy the wonder I that sure was? I sure did. Yes. September did has feel come like... to Oklahoma, at least in the mornings at about 6 a.m. Here, here too, in New so York. Nice. It's nice. So wonderful. I love it. Allergies are totally through the roof, terrible. So fall is definitely coming. I hope so. Otherwise, we're just suffering for no reason. Yeah. Christine was complaining about her finger joint hurting and assuming it must mean it's getting colder. And I told her since I turned 40, uh, we are now officially old people talking about our joints aching and yeah. Hey, there's been some interesting trailers drop in the last little bit. Ooh, like what? Well, I watched, yeah, the Matrix Resurrections trailer dropped today. You mean John Wick 5 meets sci-fi? I love me some Keanu Reeves. And what's his face from uh, the King from Hamilton is also in it. What's his name? Yes. Jonathan Goff. Jonathan Goff. I'm excited about it. I am not unhappy with the option to see Keanu Reeves. And then we've got fun stuff coming Halloween in the Disney plus space. Uh, That Star Wars Horror Nights trailer looked awesome. Oh, man. Lego Star Wars. The and Muppets then they've got, mm-hmm, that's what I'm mansion. really excited about is the Muppets Haunted Mansion. Well, they haven't dropped a trailer I'm for that, right? So it's just no, a but a poster. Poster's yeah. enough. And Mike Westfall already called dibs. He wants to come on our show when we talk about that. And Ooh. that will be, that's a get because he's the biggest Muppet fan I know. He led the campaign Justice for the Muppets during our uh, final week of the fantasy movie <laughs> thing. We do have good stuff coming. I'm excited to do October as well to take a little break from Christmas and dive into Halloween-y pick stuff. I am too. That's going to be very fun. And that is coming up just rapidly. Like, like two weeks. Yeah, it's crazy fast. So it's starting. The fastness of, of the season is happening. 
even though not near enough stores around us have Halloween stuff actually up in their stores, which is very disappointing. Christina's done a shift order every day trying to get some of the outdoor decorations for Halloween from Target, but our Target still has not put them out. Ours either. Oh, that sucks. We did get our box of stuff from Heirloom, our Halloween stuff from Heirloom for this year, which was exciting. When is that available for purchase in your shop, which is right across from my work parking lot, which makes it very convenient for me to come by. There is, well, there's a milk froth they're waiting for you there. I know. That's another reason I want to come by there, but also Halloween stuff. Do you have a good week, Tom? At least already kindergarten, (gasps) y'all. The pictures are adorable. She's so grown up. She looks Uh, dang big. They are going to be unlocking second semester of kindergarten work for her in her kindergarten program. And most likely she will be starting first grade. Wow. Oh my goodness. Because while they're supposed to be learning to count to like 10, she knows her numbers and everything to like 100. She can read, she can do basic math if it's structured. Like not reading the problem, but if you say if you have four apples, I give you three more. How many do you have? She's so, she's so amazing. She does these, like we switched. So we went to another one and it's been, the teacher's been absolutely amazing. Plus we're doing some out school. So she's been doing a weekly call about the TV show Spirit with other kids. Yeah. So like it's learning, it's learning like, it's like for, for kids her age to learn how to converse, like how to introduce yourself every week, how to wait your turn, how to like do follow-up questions. So like they talk about the episode of, of Spirit, what they liked and everything. And then at the end, they get to bring a sh- Spirit show and tell, um, and it's one other little girl has been consistent. They've had some other people, but you know they're supposed to tell about the, the thing, and it's usually like, now what kind of follow up questions can we ask? Where did you get that? Was it a present? <laughs> like it's just good. <laughs> Is she enjoying it? She loves it. Good. That's what matters. That they actually like it. Can you believe that? Like in a year and a half, you'll have a high school like graduate. I know. That's bizarre. If, if this whole Ireland thing happens, which we still don't know yet, if they're going to take that trip to Ireland or not, she will be drinking age in Ireland when she's there. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, how do they manage that? Because why do you she's... think that I went to school over there? I'm I did not. Mom, I did <laughs> not go to school You're a raging over alcoholic. There. <laughs> I, I love how, okay, so I love on podcasts where they take a moment to address their parents like anybody's parents listen to their podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Our spouses don't even listen. Christine was listening to something like Retail Nightmares and the, the woman said something about her stepmom and she's like, I hope you understand that this is, I'm saying this in the nicest possible way, <laughs> listens, and then her co-host is like, you know she's not listening. <laughs> I do want to say real quick, you know, since we were just talking about fall, by the time you're listening to this, y'all, there should be a hocus pocus commentary in your Patreon feeds. Jerry Davila's first time ever watching it. Did he like it or not? Subscribe to find it. I got a question for y'all. Question of the week that we're going to start with. Ooh. Yeah. When when temperatures start to drop a little bit, leaves get a little more orange and red and hue and yellow. What's the first Halloween movie you watch? Hocus Pocus. Yeah, I think me too. I mean, it was the first one I watched yesterday. That was probably my first of the season. Mm-hmm. What, what about, about you? Halloween time. Mm-hmm. I knew I'm excited it. to talk about that. I was I was saying awesome. yesterday when talking on the commentary, Hocus Pocus to me is like the elf of Halloween movies. It's the one like I could watch any time of the year. 
and I've probably seen more than any other Halloween movie. I love it. You can tell Disney is very much uh, trying to promote the sequel a year early because there's a lot more Hocus Pocus merchandise out there than there's ever been. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Hannah's looking for some. They've got some Squishmallows. Do you know what those are? I do know what they are. Yes. I have a pumpkin spice remember, one. Remember Anthony went crazy trying to find the pumpkin spice? That was a Squishmallow. That's right. Well, they have Hocus Pocus ones now, apparently. And they have an axolotl, which is Gabe's favorite animal. Um, Disney sells Hocus Pocus plushies of Banks and the Sanderson sisters. And of course, I had to buy them for decorations. They're I mean, adorable. And my sister, she lives in Rhode Island. She sent me the casting call for they're looking for local residents in Boston and Rhode Island to be extras in the movie this October through December because they're filming on location. I was like, you need to do that. Yeah, you should I move would, to Boston for just a little bit. I would totally move up that way. Not to Boston. I'm a New Yorker, Boston. <laughs> but, to, but, to Rhode, but to Rhode Island, I would. That'd be so cool. I wonder if it's them trying to promote Hocus Pocus as much as maybe they didn't realize just how beloved this film was until they started talking the remake because everybody went crazy the moment Bette Midler and Sarah Jessica Parker said they were in. And Kathy and Jimmy. Let's not forget and her. Kathy and Jimmy. I think, I think they knew. People love but it. But they, no. for years, they didn't lean into it. I mean, it was no, a box office failure, which we talked about. Came out the same year as Nightmare Before Christmas, remember? They mm -hmm. re That's why they released this one in July. Still, still the worst mistake they. they ever made. They've had the Sanderson sisters in the, in the Disney park for a few years stuff for quite a few years i'm convinced that was their test run like i wonder if there's enough interest hmm. to do a sequel and there clearly was because maybe yeah i could see that because they're a huge draw yep uh and now agatha's in the parks did you see that video i sent you you saw that video i sent you julia yes that's amazing that's land right they're not doing that at world disneyland yeah no they're not hyping up all the marvel stuff at world yet maybe someday no i have someday. a problem with that not, hyping the marvel stuff i just think that like disney i don't want the park to be too oversaturated with their new stuff like star wars and marvel and everything i want it to be disney you know what i mean yeah, yeah. does that make sense it does. You just need Maybe to look away build. at Epcot then for the rest of history. Yeah, I know. Oh, let me tell you, if they do to Tower of Terror in Florida, what they did to the one in California, I'm going to be pissed. So interesting that you bring that up. I have been watching because of Gabe, because Gabe is obsessed with not just Disney, but how rides work and building theme parks and like all of this stuff. So he's Got his whole server on Minecraft now where he's reproducing all the parks at a one-to-one -one scale. Anyway, um, they have a new Disney Plus series that's all about like how the rides work. Yes. Peek behind the scenes of the big rides. If you haven't watched it yet, watch it. It's amazing. And it's mm -hmm. super interesting. Um, but they talk a bit about that rebranding of Tower of Terror in Disneyland um, to Guardians of the Galaxy. And after watching that special, I am intrigued because 
that Imagineer that's known for like all the super amazing stuff that had, you know, single-handedly brought Pandora and like all of that stuff. He had a hand in the design. Oh, that's another one. It's not just Star Wars and Marvel. Like Pandora is not Disney to me. But yeah, I'm old school Disney. Magic. I know. I know. But I'm interested. I mean, I've wanted to go to Disneyland for a long time and just experience the whole thing because I never have. But But Tower of Terror is like the iconic one at Hollywood Studios. I don't think they'll, I hope they won't rebrand it either, but. That's like them taking Haunted Mansion, which you love, and doing something like, I don't know, I don't know, something else with it. They're already doing that with Splash Mountain. I know. At least they're doing that with another Disney property. Right. Even though that still annoys me because I have a Splash Mountain. I get that one, though, in fairness. Yeah. I, get I, I think that one will be pretty seamless. I sound like the grumpy old man on this podcast. Like these kids nowadays <laughs> changing everything. But you know what? No, leave Disney alone. I get it. I get it. Like, I mean, that's our nostalgia is all built up in that. They it? own, I mean, they Disney's richer than a lot of third world countries. A lot of second and first world countries yeah. too. Buy more land in Florida and open up your like Disney owned land instead of taking what exists instead of like change yeah yeah Yeah. real quick about the haunted mansion i saw your boy julia starring in the movie i saw that i was like oh i thought i had high hopes with this oh are you talking about owen wilson (laughs) i am talking about owen wilson yeah i'm excited about that (laughs) yeah i'm super excited about that uh you said you didn't mind him in loki I didn't, except for that one really Owen Wilson-y scene. Well, maybe he won't be Owen Wilson-y, and I heard it. He will be. You don't hire (laughs) Owen Wilson for a comedy. He's going to have his stupid reactions to the first time he sees a ghost. What's the thing he always says? I'm so excited. (laughs) It'll be a vast improvement on the last ghost movie he was in. Won't it be? What's What's the last ghost movie he was in? He was in House on Haunted Hill. One of those. With Catherine Zeta-Jones. I mean, and... neither, none of those movies compared to the series. I was actually just thinking about the series today. You know what? I am due for a rewatch of the series. This weather this month puts me in the mood to start rewatching. I want to rewatch WandaVision again, but I really want to rewatch Haunted Hill, House on Haunted Hill. Okay, look, well, what did we, we have instead? an entire month to talk <laughs> about Halloween. Let's talk Christmas tonight. Um, and tonight we're actually gonna be talking a Christmas TV movie that we have heard a lot about from a lot of listeners, but have yet to do it until today. So what we're talking about tonight. So journey with us across the pond. We're going to be covering 1991's Raymond Briggs animated TV movie, Father Christmas. Santa tries to get away. Surprisingly, everywhere Santa goes, people know who he is. People blooming know who he is. Uh, so I will say, uh, I knew about this movie, and then I watched it. And then realized you didn't know that you knew it? Or was there something after that? No, that was a hard stop. Oh, <laughs> all right. Perfect. <laughs> Anthony, what's your history with Father Christmas? I knew about this movie. I lived over there for four years. But after <laughs> I watched The Snowman, I put a hard stop on watching anything else from the same guy and i've heard from 
my friend Rebecca Ball and my other friends over in England, and then from people like at Disco 54 and other people in our group, this one is so much better than the snowman. Is it though? That's a question we'll talk about tonight. Uh, you know what? At least two of the three stuff that they recommended we have done now. Next year we have to cover Stickman and the Snow Dog. So two more. Anyway. Uh, Stickman's not bad. We've watched Stickman a few times with Ellie. He looks like a bow truckle. Oh, I love bow truckles. Um, my history with this one. Um, while I have a vast history with the snowman, um, I had never seen Father Christmas. Um, I don't even think I knew it existed other than our uh, European buddies who keep telling us, watch this thing, watch this thing. It's better than the snowman. Uh, they are no longer European. Nope, they are our, not. Well, they are not part of the European Union any longer. Our British Russia, baby and other British adjacent friends. I don't know what the right thing is, Colin. Our friends that grow up with this on TV, where we don't here in the States grow up with this on TV. I'm going to read IMDb's plot because it's actually kind of cute and it'll give a little more flavor (laughs) than Tom's. Exactly. It won't be as cute as Tom's. Okay. After a hard night's work, Father Christmas decides to go on a blooming vacation, builds his sledge into a caravan and holidays in France, Scotland, and Las Vegas before coming home and settling down with a bit of grumbling to answer the mail, get the gifts ready, deliver them, and get to the snowman's party on time. Only he's forgotten something. It's a, it's a I w- light. It's, I, wonder what, I wonder what that could be. It's a year with Santa. So I, I would like to point out that, you know, Marvel likes to take credit for their shared universe first, (laughs) but Ray Briggs did the connective universe before Marvel did. True. But then I would like to point out that Rankin Bass did it before Raymond Briggs, but. (laughs) Okay. So then let's get into casting credits. So Raymond Briggs, we talked about him with the snowman, so we're not going to dig super deep, but I think he's probably more well-known for the snowman. Although this one does seem to be very, very close behind um, as far as his TV stuff. My lack of knowledge of this, I think is purely because I'm American because mm-hmm. we don't see it over here, which is, it makes me sad because I actually quite enjoyed it. I mean, as Americans, if an American didn't do it, does it even exist? We're the center of the universe, y'all. It might exist, but is it worth paying attention to? Exactly. (laughs) All right. (laughs) Father Christmas was directed by Dave Unwin. Um, I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly. Um, He's got some other animated features to his name. Um, The Wind in the Willows from 95, The World of Peter Rabbit and Friends, Um, The Willows in Winter, The Little Reindeer, a TV movie from 2004. That one might pop up again. As Might a Child's Christmas TV movie from 2008. And it looks like he has a whole bunch of director credits for Horrid Henry, which I'm not familiar with Horrid Henry. Um, I assume it's a book series. I think it's like the American one, the uh, no good, bad day type thing, right? Alexander? Yeah, that's one. I love this series. Judith Fiorist is one of my favorite child writers. Uh, I have a question for you because you just mentioned it with Dave Unwin. Are you guys Wind in the Willow fans? Do you guys yes. like that book or that movie? I did like that book. Yep. Yeah, me too. I'm not sure if I've seen the movie. 
There are different, few different movies, but the book is really good. I love that book. It's really good. It's so British and proper. I know. I love it. It's delightful. <laughs> Speaking of British and proper, or is he? Um, we have one voice credit in this in this special, and it is it is aptly named Father Christmas because that's all it focuses on is Father Christmas. Um, and in this case, Father Christmas's wonderful grumbly self is voiced by Mel Smith, who by name. I didn't know who Mel Smith, was, Mel Smith was, but as soon as I clicked on his name, oh my gosh, it's the guy from the Princess Bride, guys. It's the albino from the Princess Bride. Yep. And then you start peeling back the credits, at least for me. And this was, you know, pardon my ignorance. Um, man, Mel Smith. Like, um, good I stuff. think it's interesting to note that for some reason when this aired in america he was recast yeah which apparently is a big fat mistake and it would be by actor and he was played by actor william dennis hunt who was well known for (laughs) his role as emperor wang in emperor wang the perverted in flesh gordon and flesh gordon meets the cosmic cheerleaders the spoof movies the comedy spoof movies of flash gordon not what you would think they're not porn movies they're just actual american sex comedy movies yes good grief why is that a thing why is that a thing because (laughs) hashtag america i don't know no 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 hashtag america America. that's right i'll I'll say this about father funny to hear a new yorker say it's murica is murica murica you know what yeah. Okay. <laughs> I can't. I can't make myself sound like that. He is fine. Dollar if you do it. Not being able to reproduce that mouth sound. Murka. 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 There are moments I wish we had video. <laughs> Me too. Me too. Um, okay, so I, I will say something positive about this movie right off the bat, Julia, since we're already through the cast. Uh, well, hold on. Father Christmas's design, I just wanted to say, he is fr- flipping adorable looking. He is. He's precious. Did you like his voice? I think he was voiced very, very well. He had a nice voice. He had By a nice blooming voice. He did have a good blooming voice. Um, so Mel Smith, real fast, um, he was in National Lampoon's European Vacation as a hotel manager. He has a bunch of credits from across the pond, obviously, um, as he was very big in the comedy world over there, even though the first place and the place I know him best from is from A Princess Bride. Um, he was also in Smith and Jones and Small Doses, The Wolves of Willoughby Chase, Colin Sandwich, Alas, Smith and Jones. You know, it reminds me of... Um, there's a very long British history of duos, comedy duos, right? Mm-hmm. That I don't think we have over here. Are we a comedy duo country? Not really. I mean, I can't think of any big ones. We tend to be single stand-up comedians, right? We, like have, we have the Dave three Chappelle. Stooges. Yeah. But like, who else do we? Like, I can think of three different duos at least. And then, I mean, you have Bonnie Python, right? So you have like the troupe, but we don't have as much of that over here. Jay and Silent Bob. <laughs> Broken Lizard. I uh, know, you know. Jay who and Silent Bob. It, it, in seriousness, Gene Weidler and uh, Richard Pryor did a million movies together. Right? Okay, that's a good one. 
Tina Fey and Amy Poehler. Amy Poehler. But did well, I don't know. But yeah, those I know what I know what you mean. Uh, Poehler and Bert, Fey. Yeah, I mean, Bert no. and Ernie. She's <laughs> <laughs> uh, interesting the to jer- me. The jerky boy. Uh, Abbott Peel. and Costello. Abbott Key and Peel is a great one. Key Abbott and Costello. That's a good one. Uh, Harold and Kumar. That one, no. <laughs> Doesn't count. Dean Martin and Jerry Lewis. Oh, see, and then you're gonna be like Cheech and Chong. Doesn't that count? <laughs> Uh, Simon can't. Pegg and Nick. Oh, oh, but they're British. <laughs> Never mind. There you go. Ken <laughs> <laughs> Keller. Maybe they. Maybe they did it best. Uh, ben Bill Stiller and Owen Wilson. Ken and Keller. <laughs> Doesn't count. Doesn't count. Tenacious D. Chris Tucker and Jackie Chan. Agree. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so Mel Smith, big fan. I mean, he's in one of my favorite movies of all time. So, what's not? Which is being remade. I'm joking. I wanted to, to see a reaction. Uh, I yeah, I was about to say to put their <laughs> hands down and step away from that one. They better not ever remake that movie, although I'm sure they'll try. Okie dokie. Uh, Father Christmas is, is it takes place over the span of a year. You conclude, the beginning of it is him being exhausted from the Christmas festivities of the year. And we end it a short 25 minutes later with him exhausted from finishing the Christmas festivities. Now you say a short 25 minutes later and it was short. It was a short 25 minutes, but it is amazing how many times they can work the word blooming into a 25 minute special. And I believe the exact quote, the exact count was 75. So what is that? Like every 30 seconds. Also, what is with we cover a lot of Santas who after one night of work just need to like relax for a year. And that's what this guy does. We didn't see him working throughout the year. This guy is trying to relax throughout the year. Right. Yeah. So what does he do to try to unwind is he goes on holiday. And I he love also, that. <laughs> he also lives in modern, like a very he lives modern in a village. Yeah. Yeah. It is a different take on Santa, right? He doesn't have a North Pole setting. He lives just kind of in the suburbs or whatever the suburbs translate to in England. Um, He's surrounded by people. He's not shrouded in secrecy or, you know, he's not tucked away and people only see him one night a year. Um, He has a dog and a cat. He has a garden. He cooks for himself. Um, And he has two reindeer instead of the whole lot of them. Uh, there's no Mrs. Claus. There's no children. So that should make you happy, at least, uh, Anthony. No. Well, children, yes. Children. Mrs. Claus is Tom, who has a problem with her. Um, and... I will say, as a dog owner now, as a puppy owner, who eight reindeer, can't imagine, man. Like, I'd <laughs> have one reindeer. <laughs> <laughs> he is, um, he's a grouchy type Santa. Um, not mean and not angry he's just a, he's an ad asner santa um he's got warmth to him but he's grouchy and that's who i equated him to when i was watching this ed asner yeah ed asner was grouchy he was but i just don't like comparing this guy to ed asner i quite yeah. liked him as santa actually ed asner or this guy this guy I really liked this. I really, really liked 
Which I fully, I have fully expected you to, because you were the one who would most like the snowman out of the three of us too. Right. That's true. That's very true. Um, and you so- seem to be the one who likes the British sense of humor more than the three of uh, the most of the three of us. You were, you liked right. Robbie the reindeer more than us as well. I did. That's, that's very true. I did. Except the belly buttons. And the, and the boobs on the female. Still haunt my dream. Yeah. Big. And the boobs on reindeer. <laughs> I could do without that. Um, okay. So his first stop is let's just like blow through the places he goes. So, so his first stop is France, which he has quite a good time in France, except he imbibes a bit too much on the cheese and the rich food, which gives him horrible runs, which really made me laugh. <laughs> well, really I gotta think, okay, the guy flies around the world in one night eating cookies and milk. I would have to think there's some sort of magical gastrointestinal thing happening. No, remember we saw that commercial? <laughs> Remember the commercial last year? (laughs) That was awful. Could you imagine as a child waking up (laughs) into the bathroom and just seeing Santa on the toilet? Oh my gosh. I didn't have to imagine it. They showed it to us. (laughs) So his go in France was a little rough. Um, He goes to Scotland. His go in France. France, Which transitioned to his go in Scotland also. Scotland, he did. Did he golf in Scotland or did he golf in Las Vegas? Uh, Vegas, I think. Vegas. I thought he gave but he had drinks a lot of whiskey in Scotland. He, he does. Hangover. And it's dreary and it's. Yes. Very yeah, British. Very British. Very British. Um, so that takes him to Las Vegas, which is like really like where he really starts to enjoy himself. Gambles <laughs> a bit, swims, gets a nice tan burn <laughs> i was about to say we all know that santa is a burner he burns burned to a crisp which carries him through all the way to christmas which i thought was funny his rosy cheeks were a result of sun damage from las but, vegas but he also runs into a problem here the little kids keep recognizing him everywhere he goes he's recognized he is and like who what famous person wants to be recognized while they're on holiday Right. Uh, he was not as nice as not as accepting of being recognized as Tim Allen Santos. Not quite, but Tim Allen. Tim Allen's also working up to a Linus moment. We don't have that in this one. No, we do not. Yes, Ellie was concerned with why he kept saying "bloomin" and what "bloomin" means. Okay, I don't so and Lewis saying the F word, Ellie. Um, so that's a- and she's hold on and let me. Just get this part in because you're gonna comment on this too. And she wants to know why he's not jolly at all. And he's a good question. We're here. So there's actually that when it was remade for America or dubbed over for America, he does not say blooming. Every time he says blooming, he says merry. And then scenes where Father Christmas gets drunk, overeats dances with chorus girls and suffers a hangover were, were removed. So I can only assume the American version is like 10 minutes. Oh my gosh. Also, <laughs> also, cut, also cut were a few candid moments showing his builder's bum, which is plumber's crack to us America. <laughs> what? I have never called it a builder's bum. Oh, it's <laughs> no, a builder's like a bum in, oh, in England. I call it it's a plumber's crack. Bum? Yeah, it's a builder's bum. 
Yeah, the plumber's crack. That's pretty great. Um, okay, so he has his holiday excursion. He's recognized a lot. Plus, time is just passing, and he's like, I. <laughs> I've been on vacation for like a real long time. Now I got to get down to brass tacks and I need to head home uh, and start preparing. He also keeps his pets in the kennel for a whole year. Like, dude, yeah, just give them curious. up for adoption. That, that was because that dog was like real bummed about being put in that kennel when he leaves yeah. it before he heads on vacation. I would. And that bothered me a little bit, even though I, it's not really, you're not even supposed to think about the fact that how much time has passed. Right. It's just the logical, you can't, I, yeah. But like, as a kid, I don't think kids resonate. Oh no. That. But I thought but about like, it too. I was adult, like, dang, that dog was in storage for a long time. <laughs> That's really sad. Like as an adult. And it's been a while since we covered a Santa movie. So I'm going to say again, I like Santa who's good with animals. As good yeah. with animals as he is with kids. Aside from boarding it for so long, he was good with animals. Yeah. I like the way he treated his animals. I like that it felt like a working farm. That made me happy. And I really liked watching... I liked watching him garden and having a garden and doing all of that stuff and cooking his own food and something about all of that just made me very, very happy. And that he had so to you, do all you, the same chores every day that everybody else You did. like progressive Santa and not Santa with his army of slaves and a woman to bake all his cookies. I don't know. Maybe that's it. I'm not sure. <laughs> but something about that just made me happy. Um, it's pretty simple. Um, so he gets home and he has his Tim Allen moment where all the letters except Tim Allen's are in beautiful red boxes in his foyer <laughs> in his foyer. That's the weirdest word. Is that a French word? A foyer. I think it's a French foyer. word. It's a French word. <clears throat> um, his are just letters upon letters upon letters. And I also like that the male guy just knows he's Santa. And so brings his big old bags of letters into his house. And he's just like, here you go. That reminded me of Rankin Bass, where the male guy knew he was Santa. Yeah. And like, oh. yeah. The word foyer started with Latin as focus. It means domestic or hearth. And in French, foyer is hearth or home. Huh. It's a so domestic it hearth. That's yeah. interesting. Um, so then Santa's entryway. <laughs> we don't call it. Mine's not fancy enough to be a foyer. Um so Santa starts to prepare for Christmas. He makes the little presents and he wraps them and he's, he's getting just everything ready, right? A lot's to do. And he grumbles about there being so much work to do, right? Um, and so, so it's like a year without a Santa Claus. I was expecting yeah. him to take a year off sick. Yeah, but I liked that he grumbled about how much work there was to do, but I never got the sense that he felt like it wasn't worth it. That's true. You know, he was just kind of. Just grow grouchy. I get a little grouchy sometimes too. So Christmas Eve comes and we see the big montage of him delivering the presents in the snow. He's got the, he's got the sleigh full of stuff and his two reindeer. Um, at one point he. He runs into he, the snowman. He does the run into the snowman. Him, right? That's right. He joins the snowman party that we see in the snowman when the boy and the snowman fly to the party and we see santa so there is definitely like a crossing of um, totally a marvel universes move. it absolutely is and so correct me uh 
what came first the snowman or this one the snowman came first snowman okay was the so first book and movie. santa easter egg and snowman then is this is hailing back to that and it was fun and i like that but i love the it's snowman just, it's just like Even marvel's if- busy week where you iron man 2 thor and the incredible hulk all take place at the same time and you could see easter eggs for all the films in that oh that is a busy week yep <laughs> a lot went on um so you do see that little part and then that's where santa realizes he forgot he forgot to deliver the present to the palace right Yes, they're for the British royal family. So he has to make one last stop to Buckingham Palace. Whoopsie daisy. Gotta get that delivery. Yeah, out of all the families to forget. That one. The queen could probably have his head chopped off. (laughs) (laughs) I was trying to think at this point in time, like, what the royal family would have looked like. 91 so diana was still alive and harry and william were probably very young kids if born they were poor they're older than me yeah yeah so they would have been of santa age and there were two presents they probably were for harry and william so then he delivers the present all is good christmas is successful he falls into bed and promptly begins snoring and then the sun comes out well before he goes to bed i did like when he goes back home he prepares his turkey first and his dessert and he gives yes. his pets presents i do like that he makes up for it he does he does and, and then he, he gets goes presents from his relatives or something from his like, relatives <laughs> he who are the, his, like he gets ties from his aunt i thought that was funny it's a little trope right that aunts that aunties give you the worst presents a sweater or socks mm-hmm. and in this case it's ties and he's like it's kind of useless but then who is it his uncle or his nephew or some male family member gives him a some dude bottle of scotch or something and he's pretty dang excited about that i mean this santa's definitely british he likes his drink I, and i love i kind of love that i mean we've already discussed that right like yeah. in england they don't leave out the milk they leave out no. beer booze that's right you can booze him up um drunk driving Oof. that's right <laughs> and so it, it ends with the sun is coming up Christmas morning. You hear the bells in the background and you're painting out. So you see the town he lives in. He's clearly asleep in his little home, but there's this super sweet song where this girl is singing. Thank you, Santa, for all your hard work. And it's wonderful. And he turns to the camera and says, happy blooming Christmas. Yes, he does. And which in america i guess entire... that's happy merry christmas which doesn't make any sense but... let's not analyze it <laughs> uh it looked nice i think well i mean but i thought i thought the snowman was beautiful as well it did not i'll give perk in this column compared to the snowman for me it did not have that creepy song from the snowman that gave me nightmares for weeks afterwards that was bad music that's what I, I think our song. big problem with that show was, right? I think Anthony and I both disliked that. Yeah. And I have like all the nostalgia for it. So, I mean, it's just still yeah. not Christmassy to me. The snowman is not Christmassy to me. So, I, I got to ask is this one? Because half of yeah. it takes place not at Christmas, but in summertime. That's true. But there's enough Christmas in it for me 
to be like, absolutely, this is Christmassy because it's bookended by Christmas. And the it's so Christmassy at the end when he gives his animals presents with the tree and the fireplace and just the colors of all of it are just very Christmassy to me. And I loved it. I wish British specials in general and to our listeners over there, don't get offended. It's just, I wish they would use more of the uh, classic Christmas music than writing their own songs for these things. Except for Love Actually. Well, I mean, that song. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, the one original song on that one. But, uh, it's all around us, that one. Yeah. Yep. That song gets stuck in my head. It does. The... I love that I have my Christmas music on shuffle during the season. That one comes <laughs> up. <laughs> um, I don't know. I'm having trouble with this one because I, it went fast. It was a very fast 25 minutes. Yep. I thought it looked beautiful. I think it's one of the best looking Santas we've ever had in animated mm-hmm. form on this show. Um, He's so compact and just like roly. And I just, I really love him. I don't know because it's some middle stuff that I have a problem with. Like <laughs> it's bookended by Christmas, but I don't know if like I got enough Christmas feels from this to put it on around Christmas, you know? Yeah. I did not. And I think my big problem with it is Santa. Not your Santa. Not Santa, not my Santa. Tom, I don't. Why That's don't fair. you sit down and write a movie about like the Turkish-looking Santa Claus, like your favorite Santa, who has never been well, done before? You should do that. Yeah, he he hasn't. Not like the in a story like this. But the Santa, my problem isn't his look because he looks amazing. My problem is like the blooming and the oh. rampant alcoholism and the the lack of jolliness. I I at a bare minimum, I need Santa to be to be jolly. I, uh, yes. And my other problem with it was, I don't know if I like Santa living in contemporary modern England instead of the North Pole, <laughs> which I know it's different. It's a different, it's a very different take to your point, Julia. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know that if I don't, I would never choose that to be my, um, core mythology of where Santa lives and is from and coexists with other people but for a 25 minute special great this actually combines two of raymond briggs's books the first half is father christmas goes on holiday and the second half is father christmas Mm -hmm. the delivering of the gifts and all yes yeah i would have liked him to have stretched that out a bit because i probably Mm -hmm. would have liked it a lot more Mm -hmm. except if the snowman if when the snowman flew up and they start playing that awful song then like whew. I don't know, the snowman <laughs> thing was weird him hanging out with all the snowmen that just felt very I didn't love it guys I didn't love it I like it more than the snowman also this Santa's a thief oh because he stole the he, he stole, stole the, the towel towels. from Vegas from Nero's palace I mean don't isn't it in the cost of your like room anyway Oh my God! Are you? I love that episode of Friends where Ross is like unscrew the light bulbs, taking the Bible. (laughs) He always gets a late checkout and doesn't come out until like the last second. I love that. (laughs) The early early check in and late checkout are. I mean, that's just you're losing money if you don't do it. You really are. Uh, Favorite scenes, favorite quotes. The end is my favorite. 
and that's not like me being facetious. I mean, the end where he that's comes how, home, how... uh, gives his gifts to Wait, his pets, makes animals? turkey. Yep. Mm-hmm. yep. That felt, I that agree. all felt very uh, My Christmas favorite quote season. is the one, my favorite quote is the one with balloon men in it. <laughs> which, <laughs> which of the 75 was that? I just, I mean, in general, I like. Definitely the end. It felt the most Christmassy. It did feel the most Christmassy at the end. I thought all the Christmas night stuff with the snow and the sleigh and where it was beautiful as well. The Buckingham Palace stuff was cute. Mm-hmm. But like you said, there was no Linus moment. He didn't grow. No. He didn't have a moment of growth. Nope. It's Which just a little... I don't I don't think that was the I don't point think of it Santa anyway. Really... Mm-hmm. He needs one though. Like most like most Santa movies, he doesn't need one, right? Except the Santa Claus. <laughs> Freaking Santa. He's yeah. Santa. I guess once the well, Santa, your... once the Santa hood is established, yes, once the sanctification has begun. That's right. <laughs> once the sanctification <laughs> process is complete, <laughs> the, the need for a Linus moment is <laughs> not needed. So, did either of you watch this with like Ellie or Jude? No, but I will rewatch it with Jude. So, is this going into your canon, Julie? It is going into my canon. Absolutely. I like that. I'm I am glad you liked it enough that it's going into your canon. Yes. I, I'll say I, it's not going into mine, but if it came on once a year on freeform or something, I don't know if I turn it off. Like it's so it's short enough, like it's not an investment for me to leave it on the TV. Like I'm missing something else. So yeah. <laughs> um, are we ready to rank it? Ish. 9.5. Ooh. I'll give this a six then. Come in at a four. That gives us an average of 6.5, which puts it at number 20 on our TV specials list between all of the other reindeer and otters jug band Christmas. Oh, and an otter. I uh yeah, by the way, Bridget Oakley, thanks for tagging us in those uh Emmett Otter. Christmas decorations. I think I may have to order those because so it's amazing. So cute. So I've, I have a. I'll be curious to see. I'm sure, except with Julia, per be. usual, that mm-hmm. I'll be curious to see what our British uh, listeners think of this because I'm sure they're not going to be thrilled with me and Tom. Um, I have a piece of Christmas movie trivia for you guys. Oh yeah, I want to hear it. Did you know who was originally cast? Or going to be cast as the father in a Christmas story until they saw his salary demands and then they cut him loose. No. And I'll I'll say I'm glad they cut him loose because I don't think he would have had that. James Con. <gasps> no, but that would have been awesome. I could have seen him in that, that role. No, Jack Nicholson. He oh. wanted to play the part. They offer they wanted him. But then his salary demands were egregious, per usual for him back during his heyday. I mean, wow. he's still making a fortune off Batman from playing the Joker. But uh, yeah, so they said no. And I'm glad they said no, because I know you guys don't like that movie. But I can't see him still having that sweet scene at the end, like the guy no. he actually cast. Me I don't think it's in him. Oh, eh. yeah. Yeah, Man, so. that would have been a whole different movie. I could, yeah, I would have believed that Ralphie's life was in danger when he accidentally started fudging in front of his dad. I'll tell you that. 
Also, since we mentioned the British royal family, did y'all see the trailer for the new Princess Diana movie starring Kristen Stewart, who was unrecognizable? Like, she's going to head to the Oscars. I guarantee you she's going to be nominated at the very least. So I've seen stills of her, and it is shocking how much she looks like young Diana. But I have not seen the trailer, but I have heard the buzz. It takes place over one Christmas with the British royal family, so we may end up Oh, covering it at some point. Well, do you feel like though when we go to award season, biopics are an easy way into the nomination? Can you yes. think of any big biopics lately where the lead has not been nominated? Uh, no. 100%. If you play a real person and they do a makeup job on you, you're guaranteed a nomination. Yeah. And you have a better chance of winning that Oscar. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like, Which is unfortunate, like, really. Yeah. Because you would think like, like Meryl Streep won for Margaret Thatcher in recent right. years, right? Gary Oldman won his first for Winston Churchill. Churchill. And I'm wondering to myself, Remy half of that is some for, for um, yes. Yeah. For um, what's his name? Uh, Freddie Queen. Mercury. Yeah. Run for Ray. Yep. Yeah. And I'm thinking to myself how much of that besides playing a real person is actually the makeup people who actually transform them. <laughs> like, I feel like half their job is getting into that costume and in the makeup. I feel like that puts you in that mindset when you look in the mirror. Yeah. There's an element to it for sure. I don't know. On Ellie's first like, day of school, they had it. Oh, can you hear me? Yes. Yep. Okay. On Ellie's first day of school, they had an optional thing where the kids could go and it was like for elementary kids to talk to me. And Rami Malek was reading the kids a story. Oh, what was he reading them? I no. <laughs> Just saw Rami Malek, and I went and told Christine. I'm like, How about that, we don't get that stuff in public schools. <laughs> so, because we have a ton of British listeners, like you were saying, Anthony, I'm interested in hearing what the feedback is on this one. Um, Tom, can you tell users where they can get feedback and just kind of powwow with us in general? Unlike CJ, we will shamelessly plug all of our (laughs) social media all day long. (laughs) And we really, really need you there. We, We have cool people, but there's always room for more. You can find us on tisthepodcast.com slash Facebook, Facebook group, Twitter, Instagram, or Reddit. And go there and tell us what you think. Start Share your family traditions. We do pull comments and questions and movie ideas from our listeners. So yeah, come on, let's, uh, let's, let's hear from you. And if you want to get a little bit more involved, I believe that's a possibility too, somehow. Yes, go to our Patreon page, patreon.com slash tisapodcast or tisapodcast.com slash Patreon. Whereas for as little as $1 a month, you can get full-length bonus episodes, which you're going to get a lot of spooky season content the next two months. Um, I know we want to do the new Muppet special and Star Wars special for Halloween on Patreon. so check it out and you'll obviously get Christmas and Thanksgiving stuff as we get closer to those holidays as well. Well, if you want to pledge more than a dollar a month, you can also get cool stuff like stickers, pins. You can be on an episode if you pledge enough, including picking what you want us to watch. Um, don't be shy about what you suggest if you pledge this amount because Todd Killian of Christmas Clatter 
Ooh, suggested the worst thing any listeners ever suggested to us before this past year. So can't be worse than that. Another way you can get involved is listening in our main feed every Thursday, a new episode of Another Christmas Story, an original fictitious work by our very own author in residence, Anthony Caruso. And uh, I'm going to read something. This is a way for me to say something nice to Anthony on the air without it being from me. So thank you, (laughs) Ellen Pope. She, Ellen Koch says, hey guys, I just want to let you know that I've been a listener of the podcast for years and I've been listening to another Christmas story since it started and have been loving it. I look forward to it every week and listen to it while I'm making dinner at home while sipping on a Christmassy drink and it puts me into such a great mood. Great work, Anthony. Oh, thank you, that Ellen. That is so sweet. I appreciate yeah. that. Uh, this past week, this past week's chapter I read, but next week you get to hear the elf with the best voice because her chapter drops next week. And this is my way to remind her subtly <laughs> she's <Yeah>. up. <laughs> no, don't be. I knew it was coming. I thought you were going to say it was my week. <laughs> <laughs> I think you have two more weeks, Tom. We want to welcome a new patron with us who will have some stickers and enamel pins coming, Mr. Dean Ritchie. Make sure, if you don't mind, messaging us your mailing address so we can get you your swag. Welcome, Dean. And welcome because a few new, I've noticed a few new people um, joining our Facebook group as well and recent, in recent days. So welcome all of you to our family. So next week, if you want to go ahead and get a head start, we will be covering the Crazy Ex-Girlfriend Christmas episode, My Mom, Greg's Mom, and Josh's Sweet Dance Moves. Season one, episode eight of The CW Show. And then if you want to work ahead ahead, we will be covering Once Upon a Sesame Street Christmas the week after. Which I don't think I've ever seen that one. And then we're in Halloween month. And I know Tom's excited for the movie kicking it off, which is Halloween Town. Oh, he's jazzed about it. We only have 2,496 hours until Christmas. That's uh, that's only 104 days. That is 14 weeks. Which is crazy when it's phrased like that. It really is. I gotta get busy. Me too. Do your homework and back next week. Bye, y'all. Bye, Felicia's. Nope. <laughs> For all the little girls and boys, I've got this sack full of toys. I'm sure it gets blooming heavier every year. You've got to remember, this day in December is my busiest blooming night of the year. hours still to go and my boots are full of snow and both me poor old feet are blooming freezing as we sail through the sky going ever so high we wish you the best of the blooming season so jump up on my sleigh and we're all on our way to another blooming Christmas I know I must look a sight up on your roof tonight 
trying to wriggle down your blooming chimney. It's just the getting inside. Is it me that's too wide? It's squeezing everything outside that's blooming in me. Then I deliver all the toys without making a single noise. And I look at their blooming faces, they're so quiet. But I know in the morning, when Christmas comes a-dawning, there's bound to be another blooming riot. So jump up on my sleigh and we're all on our way to another blooming Christmas.